The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot The following program is a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com to learn more about this and our other weekly storytelling programs and become a patron today to show your support and get instant access to our extensive archive of downloadable ad-free tales of terror. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Good evening. I'm storyteller Otis Gyre, and I ain't your grandfather. From where I'm from, we don't do bedtime stories. And if that's what you were expecting, you're in the wrong place. If it's terrifying tales you're after, well then, I've got just the thing. Get comfortable, settle in, turn off the lights, if you dare. Your night is about to get a whole lot darker. <laughs> Who needs sleep anyway? <laughs> Good evening, you're listening to Scary Stories Told in the Dark. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 14. I'm your host, Otis Gyrie. In tonight's episode, I'll be performing four stories for you about horror in the hollows, beckoning bright-eyed entities, sinister sinkholes, and cunning cryptids. You're listening to the standard edition of tonight's program, which includes the first two stories... If you'd like to show your support and enjoy an extended version of this and other episodes with twice the terror, visit simplyscurrypodcast.com and click Patrons in the upper menu to sign up today. 
and thank you for your support. It's time to get started, so lock your doors, turn the lights down low, and settle in. The show is about to begin. Our first tale of terror this evening, from an author who prefers to be credited simply as Coffee Lover 309, is entitled The Girl Hiding in My Walls. For the past couple of weeks now, I've been noticing a few odd things in my apartment. It started off with food mysteriously disappearing from my refrigerator and pantry while I'd be away at work. I didn't think much about it at the time, since every now and then I'd lose track of my daily eating habits due to my busy schedule, so I simply brushed it off. Eventually, it didn't stop there. Almost every night, I could have sworn I could hear shuffling sounds coming from within the walls, and sometimes, when I got home late from work, I'd find both my computer and TV turned on, even when I distinctly remembered turning them off before I left. Strangely, the TV would always be tuned to the local news, and my computer's search history would show several results for nearby takeout restaurants. Needless to say, it was freaking me out. The building I lived in had tight security, with officers frequently patrolling the area, and it was located in the part of the city where crime was pretty scarce. Considering that I'd given a couple of my friends copies of my apartment key, to make sure I wouldn't misplace them, which I so often do. I thought perhaps one of them was trying to mess with me. I was eager to get to the bottom of this, so I asked if either of them were the culprit. However, they both blatantly denied it. This, of course, put me on edge, so I asked my landlord to check the security footage on my floor for any suspicious activity. He immediately began searching through two weeks of recorded footage looking for any unfamiliar faces entering my apartment. He finished his investigation the following week and said he's found nothing out of the ordinary. There's nothing to worry about, he assured me. It's probably all in your head, man. At the time, I was considering the possibility that maybe he was right. Being a domestic abuse lawyer, I had to deal with a lot of stressful cases and work overwhelmingly long hours. Perhaps the numerous caffeine-fueled nights and constant headaches were starting to get to me. On one particularly snowy day, I was coming down with a nasty cold and had to call in sick for the next few days. Despite having to reluctantly waste some of my days off on such a gloomy occasion, I was still glad to be temporarily free of my hectic obligations. It was around 7.30 and I was getting really, really tired. I had finally made it near my apartment on the sixth floor. I just got back from picking up some remedies at Walmart and was anticipating a nice long night of peace and relaxation. Just as I stood in front of the door, I immediately heard a faint shuffling in the distances. My eyes scanned the hallway for any signs of life. Nothing. Suddenly I could hear footsteps quickly creaking on a wooden surface. After listening in closely, I made a chilling realization of where these footsteps were coming from. Inside my apartment. This couldn't have been one of my friends, as I had recently changed the lock on my door due to all the strange things that have been happening. 
A sudden chill went up my spine because I knew right then and there that an intruder had somehow broken in. At that moment, I felt really uneasy. I wanted to run downstairs and call for help, but I knew if I left the hallway at this point, the intruder would definitely make a break for it. Being the naive young man that I was, I was determined to go inside, grab my gun, and try to apprehend whoever was inside. Taking a deep breath, I slowly unlocked the door and creaked it halfway open. I was instantly hit with a powerful, ghastly odor that made me want to puke. It smelled like something that had been decaying in there for quite some time. Ignoring it, I cautiously proceeded to the kitchen to grab the gun I kept hidden in the top drawer. I grabbed it and opened the lights. To my surprise, the first thing I noticed were several pizza boxes and takeout bags scattered across the ceramic tiles. This struck me as rather odd because I knew I didn't order any takeout that day. I also noticed that there were food-covered footprints leading directly into the living room. Someone was definitely in here, and it looked like they were in a hurry to remain hidden from me. I slowly made my way into the living room with my gun at the ready. The footprints led right next to the boarded-up wall that was stationed on the other side of the room. There were a couple half-broken planks in the middle of it that I hadn't gotten around to fixing yet. Very carefully, I walked towards the wall for a closer inspection. My heart was beating with every inch I took. I stopped walking around a few feet away from it and began closely examining it. I couldn't make out anything inside, so I moved my head in even closer to search for any signs of life. Again, nothing was completely visible, as it was pitch dark inside. So this time I pulled up my phone, put it in the wall, and turned the screen on. Suddenly, out of nowhere, I saw two amber-red eyes staring directly at me. My heart dropped like a rock. I quickly stumbled backwards, trying to keep my balance. The sudden rush of adrenaline swiftly filled my entire body. I quickly spoke in the most intimidating voice I could muster up. If you don't get the hell out of here right now, I swear I'll blow your damn brains out, I exclaimed. Silence subsequently followed. I was half expecting some demented lunatic to rush out from there and attack me out of nowhere, so I prepared myself for an epic battle. Didn't you hear me? I'm not messing around. Before I could finish my sentence, I was interrupted by a faint sobbing coming from within the wall. The intruder took in a deep breath and spoke in a soft tone. Please don't hurt me. I'm really sorry about what I've done, the intruder replied. The voice sounded like it belonged to a frightened little girl around the age of 13. This really wasn't the dramatic response I was expecting. I lowered my gun as the tension in the room quickly shifted to that of confusion. Jesus, kid, you nearly scared me half to death, I said. Who are you and what exactly are you doing in there? No response. It seemed like my initial reaction shook her up a bit. It's okay, you can tell me. I promise I won't hurt you. I slowly backed away from the wall to assure her that I wasn't a threat. See? After a brief moment of silence, she replied once more. 
My name's Maple, she said in a jittery voice. I don't mean to cause trouble. I only wanted to get away from my mean parents. Maple? I paused for a minute, trying to recollect where I've heard that name before. Then it hit me. Maple was the little girl that went missing in the area several weeks ago. The media reported that she allegedly ran away from home after her parents had physically abused her last Christmas. She must have slipped into my apartment when I forgot to lock the door that day. At that moment, I felt genuinely sympathetic, mostly because I've dealt with quite a few runaways in my line of work. Poor thing must have been scared to death. I guess when I ran out of food, she decided to break into my neighbor's apartment and help herself to their leftovers. She probably dropped all of it on the floor and made a break for it once she heard me come up to the door. I remembered at this point that there was a police car parked right outside of the building. I figured that I should first try to comfort her before calling the cops over. It's okay, sweetie. Everything's going to be all right, I assured her. Just please, come out so I can make sure you're okay. She suddenly stopped sobbing and became quiet. Dead silence filled the room as I anxiously awaited a response. She was almost starting to freak me out. After about a minute passed, she finally said something. Okay, but could you first put the gun on the floor and come closer? I need help getting out. Her voice sounded slightly deeper this time. The sudden shift in tension kind of threw me off at first. I wanted to comply with her demands, but I had this strange, eerie feeling deep inside that something was off. At the time, I couldn't make out what it was, though. Giving in to my paranoia, I thought it was best if I just left her there while I went to go get help. Oh, um, actually, just wait here, Mirko. I'll be back soon with the... Wait, don't go! She interrupted in a surprisingly loud and desperate plea. The sudden outburst made my whole body flinch. You can't leave me here. My ankle, it really hurts really bad. I think I twisted it when I slept on the floor. I don't think I can get out on my own. You have to come get me out of here right now. This place is really creeping me out. I hesitated for a moment. Believe me, I wanted nothing more than to help her out, but there was something about her tone that made me feel like she wasn't completely telling the truth. My intuition's usually pretty good at judging whether or not someone was lying, so I was inclined to follow my gut feeling. I'll only be a couple of minutes. Hang in there, kiddo. I promise I won't be long. I quickly ran out of my apartment before she could say another word. After a brief elevator ride down, I sped across the hall, out the spinning doors, and into the freezing weather. To my relief, I found a slightly chubby officer talking to his slim partner right across the street from me. I ran towards them, eager to tell them everything that went down. Before I could make it halfway there, however, I froze. My heart sank as I remembered something that will forever send a chill down my spine. I couldn't believe I didn't realize this until now. It couldn't have been the same missing girl, because last night she was found murdered a couple of blocks away. Her lifeless body was discovered stuffed inside the wall of a vacant apartment. It was all over the news this morning. Struck in awe, I was left nervously wondering 
Who the hell was hiding in my walls this entire time? I wasted no time as I rushed to the place and frantically told them everything like a nervous wreck. At first, they thought it all sounded a bit sketchy, but after I persisted for a few minutes, they were finally persuaded to follow me and take a look. Without catching my breath, I ran back to my apartment with the officers following closely behind. When we made it to my living room, I showed them where the intruder was hiding. The chubby officer told me to step back as they both drew out their guns and pointed them at the wall. This is the police. I want you to get out from there right now at this instant. Put your hands on the ground. The officer's demands were met with silence. You have five seconds to comply or else I'm dragging you out. Still nothing. The slim officer nodded, cueing his partner to go in. His partner pulled out a flashlight and slowly walked towards the wall with his gun still drawn out. I anxiously watched as he made his way to the wall and put his head inside. He began thoroughly searching both sides. Do you find anything? The slim officer asked. Nope. It's all clear, he replied, but I can tell someone's been hiding in. Before he could finish his sentence, he paused. He put his head in deeper for a closer inspection. Hold up, I think I see something. Judging by the surprise in his voice, I had a feeling that he was about to discover something really disturbing. I could feel it in my bones. What is it? His partner called out. The chubby officer took his head out of the wall and looked at his partner with a shocked expression. I think... I think I can see a couple of bodies inside. Those words made my entire world turn upside down. I almost couldn't believe what I was hearing. Are you sure about that? The slim officer asked. Yeah, I'm sure of it, he exclaimed. My God, I've never seen anything like this in my entire life. These bodies, they look so mutilated. Just what the hell happened in there? The unsettling thought that I had just stood feet away from human corpses made my stomach turn. The powerful stench of decaying flesh made me want to puke my guts out. I knew right then and there that whoever had been hiding in my walls this whole time was definitely not a little girl. Help me break down this wall. One of them could still be alive. The slim officer put his gun back in his holster and walked towards the wall. I watched from about 15 feet away as they both started breaking down the old planks, one by one. They quickly teared off three rows of them with ease while blood started pouring out in excessive amounts. Suddenly, out of nowhere, several lifeless, dismembered bodies fell right off the wall and onto the floor. My eyes grew wide with shock. Most of their flesh looked like it was violently bitten off, and their mutilated faces were completely unrecognizable. The disturbing thought of the immense pain these victims must have suffered through was simply too much to take in. Upon taking a closer look at the type of clothes they had on, I made a chilling realization of who they were. They were all food deliverers from several nearby restaurants. I could barely make out the restaurant logos on their violently shredded and blood-soaked shirts. I wanted to look away from the gruesome sight, but there was something above the bodies that caught my eye. It looked like there was something written in blood on the inside of the wall. 
At first, I couldn't make out what it said through the darkness of the room, so I slowly walked closer to read it more clearly. My entire body shook to its very core the instant I realized what it said. You're lucky you didn't do what I asked. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Our second story this evening is entitled Bright Eyes by author Marcus Arias. I didn't want to move to a new place. All of my toys were in boxes, and we didn't have any TV. Mom told me to play outside, but she was always busy, and Dad was at work. There weren't any kids around there anyway. Mom told me to explore the house, but I didn't like to. The house was empty, except for boxes. The basement was dark, and the attic was dark, too, and I didn't like the funny smell in there, either. The old people left some treasures in the house, and those were fun. I found some shiny spikes that Mom called jacks. She said they were for a game, but I need a ball to play with it. I couldn't find a ball, but the jacks were fun to spin like tops. I found an old teddy in the attic, too, when I went up there with Dad. It's missing an eye, and it has a big smile. I didn't tell Dad about it because he doesn't like dirty toys. He threw away blanket after it was old. He never told me that, but I know he did. The forest was fun to play in, but Mom said not to go too far. I found a little house that looked like Dad's old shed. 
It had leaves and stuff growing all over it, and it looked all broken and really old. There was a little window with bars on it, and I didn't like it. I stayed away from the house because I didn't think there was treasure in there. Sometimes I threw rocks at the house. I thought I might break it, but it was still pretty strong. I found frogs in the forest. They were hard to catch. I also saw other kids in the woods, but they all hid behind the trees and watched me. They didn't say anything, and I didn't like them watching me. They got closer and closer if I stayed too long in the forest. At night, I heard noises. They made me very scared. I had to hide Teddy from Dad and Mom, so I kept him under the bed. But when the noises got louder, I'd hold him tight and it would make me feel better. The noises got real bad when it was really late. It was the kids in the forest crying. They got louder when they were closer to the house. I never told Dad or Mom about them because grown-ups always think I'm dreaming when I'm not. I felt safe with Teddy anyway, so I didn't need to sleep in their room. I started to hear their voices one night. They were whispering real quiet outside, but I could hear them whispering. They were outside my window, and they were looking up into my room. In the night, they glowed pale green like my car stickers, but brighter. I I didn't like to look at them. They had holes instead of eyes. When they got louder, I held Teddy closer. They went away in the morning. One night, I heard Teddy talking. He had a soft voice. I was crying because the whispers were getting louder. He told me it was going to be all right. He promised to keep me safe. In the morning, when the children went back to hide in the forest, I talked to Teddy. Are you a good guy? I asked Teddy. I made sure Dad and Mom were busy so they wouldn't find us. I'm a friend to children, little one. I'm their guardian in the night from the wickedness of the bright eyes. I've protected many children from those creatures, and I'll protect you too. Who are they? I asked Teddy. They want to take you away, little one. They want to hurt you. I am old and I am weak, but I can protect you for a while longer. I appear to children who need me. Those things aren't children. They hide what they really are inside the skin of children. I have fought them for such a long time, but they grow strong as I grow weak. Every night, Teddy would stay with me. The bright eyes came closer and closer, though. They would float up to the window and stare inside. They whispered their noises to me, and Teddy told me to shut my ears with my hands while he kept them from coming inside. He told me that he was getting weaker, and that was why the child monsters tried to get me. One night they got into the house. They came up the stairs and started scraping on my door. We had to sit against the door to keep them from coming in. Their whispers were loud enough that I could hear them. They kept saying, Come and play. Come and play. Come, come, come. Teddy watched over me while I was sleeping. In the morning, Mom found me sleeping on the ground. She asked what was wrong. But I was afraid she would take Teddy away, so I I couldn't tell. Teddy told me in the morning that he was too weak to protect me for much longer. 
You said that there was only one way to keep the bright eyes from hurting us. There's a key in the basement. We need that key to keep us safe. I, I cannot go with you. They are strong in that darkness. They will sense me if I go down there, and they would take me from you. But they will not see you. They are asleep while the morning sun is up. I need you to go down and get the key. I, I don't want to go down there, Teddy. I told him, hugging him. What if they try to hurt me? I'm sorry, little one. But without that key, neither one of us will be safe for much longer. You can get the key. I cannot. How will I find it? I asked him. They will be guarding it. They know that with it, we can be safe from them. One of them will be holding it. You must take it without waking them. I will wait for you. I didn't want to go down there. But I couldn't let them take Teddy away. I was scared. But I went downstairs quietly. Teddy waited at the top, watching me. He was quiet, too, so we wouldn't wake them up. I found them in the corner of the basement, hiding behind a lot of boxes. They were glowing in the dark, and they were curled up together. They shook like they were cold, and they sounded like they were crying. I was afraid. They didn't see me. Their eyes were closed, like Teddy said. One of them was holding a string tied to the key. I sneaked after them, hiding behind boxes. I wanted to cry without Teddy there with me. I got closer to them. I held my breath tight and was very quiet. I got very close, and I reached out for the key when the one holding it opened its eyes. It looked at me. Its eyes were empty. I screamed, but I grabbed onto the key and turned around, pulling it away until the string broke. They all got up and started coming after me, yelling, No! Stop! They chased me. I tripped on the stairs, and I heard them sliding up behind me like snakes. I got back up and ran down the stairs as fast as I could while they tried to grab my legs. I got upstairs before them and closed the door. I heard them on the other side. They were still yelling and hitting the door. I held the key tight. I looked down at it. It was black and plain like an old-fashioned kind. I didn't like how it looked. Then I noticed that Teddy was gone. I called for him, but he didn't answer. I didn't know where he went. He said he would wait, but he was gone. I started crying. Dad found me when the bright eyes stopped making noises. He asked me what was wrong and why I yelled. And tell. I hid the key so he wouldn't find it. I knew that Teddy had to hide too. That was why he wasn't there. Dad was very angry. He told me not to yell except if it was an emergency. He told me that he had found my Teddy and that he took it away and threw it away. I cried and told him I needed Teddy, but he didn't listen. He said he would get me a new one, but I didn't want a new Teddy. I was afraid without him, and Dad wouldn't listen. I hid from Mom and Dad all day. They didn't know, but they couldn't help me. But Teddy came back at night when I was in bed. I saw the door open, and I was afraid it was the bright eyes, but I saw that it was him. Teddy, you came back. 
Yes, little one. I will never leave you. Your father tried to take me away. He's been controlled by the Bright Eyes, but I was still strong enough to escape their power. We don't have much time. Did you get the key? Yes, I said. I got out of bed and showed him the key. You are very brave, little one, but you must be brave one more time. This time I will not leave you. We must go into the forest. There is a place there where they cannot go. But I'm not allowed outside at night. If Mom and Dad find out, they might not let us be together anymore. I said this, but I felt bad because I was scared of going into the forest. After tonight you will be safe, but we must go now before it's too late. I heard the bright eyes crying in the basement. They were hitting the door again. Please, little one, this is our only chance. You will be with me the whole time? Yes, little one. I will stay with you until you are safe. We sneaked out of the room. I held Teddy and the key tight. We went downstairs and had to go past the door to the basement before we could get outside. I saw the green light through the cracks and I ran. I heard the door open behind us when I got outside and I saw the bright eyes push their way out, crying and yelling. No! Stop! Come and play! I ran into the forest. It was very cold. Teddy told me where to go. It was very dark, and I tripped a lot. The bright eyes kept coming, flying after us. I ran further and further, and I fell down and scraped my knee. I dropped Teddy. Teddy ran into the forest. Wait, Teddy! Don't leave me alone! I yelled. This way, little one, follow my voice. I stood up and held the key. I ran after Teddy. He kept telling me where he was, and I ran after him. I kept crying. The bright eyes were so close behind, still making horrible sounds. In here, Teddy said. I stopped and saw that he was standing in the old forest house. The door was open. It looked much smaller in the dark. I can protect you in here. You'll be safe from the bright eyes, little one. I looked at Teddy with his wide grin. I smiled back, but I was scared. It was a very dark room. Do we have to go in there? Teddy looked sad. I felt bad for being scared. If you don't hurry, they will find you. They will take you away. They will hurt you. I want to protect you, little one. You must come in here and shut the door. They can't come in here when I'm here to protect you. I turned around. The bright children with crooked faces were floating after us. Dark stuff dripped from their empty eyes. They were flying forward with outstretched hands yelling, No! Come! Come! Come and play! I ran into the house and shut the door. Quickly now. Lock it with the key before they can get in. I stood on tiptoes to reach the lock and put the key in. I turned it as fast as I could. Right when I stopped, the children started hitting the door very hard, yelling at me. I dropped the key on the ground. No! Come and play! I ran away from the door to the corner of the room. 
I tripped and fell down into a pile of hard, lumpy things. I turned around and saw Teddy walk up to the door. He bent over and picked up the key. Teddy? What's all this stuff on the ground? I asked him. I was afraid because he wasn't saying. The bright eyes were hitting the door, but it was locked and I couldn't get in, just like Teddy said. He walked toward me. I heard something rip, and his button eye fell off and rolled on the ground. The fur in his face began to rip, and two glowing red holes appeared. They got real wide and bright and lit up his face. He smiled real big, and his mouth began to rip open, too. He made a sound like Grandpa used to make when he was sick. I cried. I ran away from Teddy and started to hit the door with my fists. It was locked up tight. Teddy's eyes got really bright and lit up the room like a nightlight. Two long, cracking arms with knives instead of hands came out of his mouth and began to scrape against the floor, pulling Teddy toward me. I crawled back to the corner. I fell on one of the lumpy things underneath me and hurt my hand. They were white and hard and had scratches all over them. There were lots and lots of them all over. What are you doing, Teddy? Please stop. You're frightening me. I cried as he came closer. The children were yelling to me from the darkness. They reached in through the bars of the window. I finally knew what they were saying. They weren't saying, come and play. They were saying, run away. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Thanks for joining me tonight for Scary Stories Told in the Dark. If you like what you heard and would like to hear a premium extended edition of tonight's episode, which includes two more terrifying tales, visit simplyscarypodcast.com today and click the Patrons link in the menu at the top of the screen. You'll find yourself on Chilling Tales for Dark Nights, where you can sign up for a season pass and get access to all 24 ad-free extended episodes from this season or sign up as a patron for just $5 per month and get access to not just my show, but our network's audio archive of hundreds of previous releases, including premium versions of our other shows, such as the Simply Scary Podcast and Horror Hill. Not only that, but you'll be lending your support to this very program and help me continue bringing nightmares to life each and every week. Thank you very much for your support. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Scary Stories Told in the Dark, a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcasts Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com today 
to learn more about our network and our other amazing storytelling programs. Tonight's program was hosted and its featured stories performed by yours truly, Otis Jiry. Selected stories have been adapted with the kind permission of their respective authors. Original music provided by Luke Hodgkinson and Jesse Cornett. Sound design and final mixing and mastering provided by executive producer and director Craig Groshek. Program's artwork and logo by David Romero. If you're looking for some fresh tales on a daily basis while waiting for the next podcast, check out my YouTube channel, the Otis Jiry channel, and my extensive collection of narrated tales there. Simply search on YouTube by my name and you'll find me. And don't forget to subscribe and press the bell notification icon to get my latest releases. Got a scary tale of your own that you'd like performed? I take submissions. Email it to me today at otis at simplyscarypodcast.com to have your terrifying tome considered for production in a future episode of this show. That's O-T-I-S at simplyscarypodcast.com. If you've enjoyed what you heard on tonight's program and are joining us on your favorite podcast app, subscribe to us to be sure you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review and a comment. Your feedback means a lot to me. You can also follow Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and yours truly on Facebook to connect anytime and get the latest updates on this and other programs and my channel. If you're listening on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights YouTube channel, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button and the bell notification icon for CTFDN as well to get more spooky tales from me and the crew and another episode of this program each and every Wednesday. And don't forget to hit that thumbs up button to tell us how we're doing and leave a kind word or a request. And don't forget to visit us at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and consider supporting the team by becoming a patron. In addition to helping us out, you'll get exclusive access to our audio archive and ad-free downloads of all your favorite stories, including those you've heard on this program. As for me, I'll be back next Wednesday with more terrifying tales to keep you up all night. But that's all right. Who needs sleep anyway? <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I 
Angie.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.